we haven't done many pilots recently, have we? No, like no the, pilots. The idea was that we would do many pilots. One of many pilots, yeah. Exactly. And we've done one so far. Well, we had a false start and then a true pilot. Okay, we've had two. I guess we've had one pilot, which which doesn't appear on the podcast feed anymore. And now we had a second pilot, which has been like the podcast so far. That was the yeah. first dozen, right? But I was thinking, should we do a new pilot, like a new idea? We could take those few followers that we've gathered so far and then persuade them all not to listen ever again because we've changed the thing that they were sort of into but weren't sure about already. Yeah, exactly. alienate the very small existing audience that we have. That sounds yeah. Is that good. because you don't care for them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your one follower that wrote in, you're like, mm, I think we're doing something... Exactly. Something right. We're doing something wrong where people start to engage with this. So let's let's mix it up. Let's do something completely different. Well, what, do you have any good suggestions? I thought I had a suggestion, but now I'm now I actually is on the cusp of having to say it. I don't think it's very good anymore. Oh, is it that shit suggestion you sent to me that you said was the best suggestion ever? What was it? Well, okay, what do you remember of it? Because maybe that will uh, improve it somehow. I can't remember what it was. What was it? I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. But it wasn't that good then. We filtered that one out. Uh, let's get Olivia to come up with the idea for a new podcast pilot, uh, just off the cuff. Yeah, go on. Shoot. Oh, um, a new podcast pilot. Mm-hmm. We can interview actual pilots. Because I hear a few, quite a few of those are free right now. Yeah, exactly. They're, <laughs> they're not busy at the moment. So, yeah. This is a very niche podcast. Like, what we do is we interview aviation experts, birds and pilots, uh, mm-hmm. and then we get them together. We sort of introduce a panel of pelicans and and albatrosses and then we gather information from them and pass it on to the actual pilots to help them streamline their uh, experience in the air or we could we could just we could twist that slightly and and rename the podcast one of many ex-pilots and we talk to all the pilots that have lost their jobs after you know the flight bans and then it'd <laughs> oh, be like no. so please tell tell me about your experience uh, after you lost your job as a pilot uh, we're coming in now um, on about four months after I lost my job. And uh, if you look to the left, you'll see my broken dreams. And if you look to the right, you'll be able to see down over my dark end. You'll see my boulevard. <laughs> yes, my boulevard of broken <laughs> dreams. <laughs> Sit back, relax, and enjoy me talking about me not having a job anymore. Thanks for flying with me. My brother made his bedroom into sort of like the cockpit of a plane, I think, because he's so sad that he can't travel. So he kind of, he got one of those cabinets where you lock away the drinks uh-huh. and he keeps his shoes in it. And then he also has the noise for the seatbelt sign on his phone so that when his phone receives a message, it's like, doo-doo, doo-doo. And it's like, you, you could almost be on a plane if you close your eyes. But does he have a seatbelt he can put, like take on and off? No, no. Where he's going, there is no need for seatbelts. <laughs> That's a borderline problem, Olivia. I think he needs to go outside. Yeah, it's been tough. It's been a tough time. So, obviously, we have Olivia with us today. Yes. Hello, Olivia. Hello again. Hello again. Our most frequent and love, I don't want to say best loved guest. Podcast veteran. Yes. Frequent flyer, if you will. She's a frequent Mm. flyer. I am getting some silver rewards now. She's got her wings. Is that a thing? I think it's a wing. If you had wings, you wouldn't need an aeroplane. But yes. Um, But talking of wings, um, Mm. does that lead us loosely into the sort of idea we had for this episode? All right. Well, so we were going to abandon the idea for doing a new pilot, I think. Yes, let's t- let's take wings 
and extend them, put them onto the body of a small baby. A na- naked baby. A naked baby. Arm that baby with a bow and arrow. And what do you have now? Chaos. <laughs> a Cupid. A Cupid, yes. A Cupid. <laughs> I don't think it would pass the uh, Ofsted, that nursery. It's like the Ofsted rating. <laughs> we genetically modified these children to have wings. And then we armed them with bows and arrows. But they're cute, though. So cute. Liv, can you give us uh, a spiel about the history of Cupid? Because I don't actually know. So Cupid is the Roman god of love, Mm -hmm. conveniently. And he was alleged to take the form of a young man because uh, love was considered to be quite a, a rash kind of act. So kind of associated with sort of impulsive young men. And he also had the power to make people fall in love. Mm. That could be considered a good thing or actually a force for chaos, as you correctly identify, Laura. Depends who you make, who you fall in love with who. Exactly. He's also closely associated with Venus, who was the goddess of love. How did he make people fall in love? Did he actually shoot them with an arrow? Is that true? Yeah, in theory, Cupid's arrow um, pierces you and you fall in love possibly with the first person that you see. But obviously, the best laid plans go awry, so sometimes there might be a problem. You know, the person that you're meant to behold might, I don't know, need to tie their shoelace at that particular moment, and, you know, you might aspire somebody else, somebody unsuitable, and then havoc ensues. But we're not saying that it's impossible for people to fall in love without Cupid. What we're saying is, is that he will force you to fall in love. Yeah, so say you've got somebody you know, unrequited love, really unhappy. Uh, maybe I'll write to Cupid or I'll send Cupid a little prayer mm. asking for his help to make them reconsider me um, and my prospects, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and my next question about Cupid is, where does he get his arrows from and, and how does he get past sort of regulation checks um, with with regards to what's on the end <laughs> of his arrows and, and the damage or joys that they can produce? That's a really good question, actually, Um, because I know that there is a sort of forge god who kind of makes all the weaponry sometimes when the gods kind of cast their wars. I really like that the that all the gods have like a real ecosystem going on. Cupid, you know, he he's making people fall in love, but but Venus is the real source of the love, though. And then he mm. has to go to the forge god to go and get the arrows, and then they kind of have a little whole little community or a, some kind of economy going yeah. on there. It's great. It is. It is very capitalist. Yeah. yeah. And hierarchical, definitely. Is this the new? Is this the new pilot we're coming on now? Is 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 just God's <laughs> chat? <laughs> Welcome to God's <laughs> chat. Cupid's Here is Laura, cuties. the goddess of glue and sellotape. I do have a lot of glue and sellotape. Sometimes I use them together uh, to create something stronger than either to one. To create an adhesive even stronger than true love. <laughs> oh, does Cupid himself? fall in love like has he ever accidentally fallen on his own arrow or is he sort of a chaste kind of guy so i think he does get married um there's a famous painting depiction of his marriage um but probably you'd imagine like you know if you just hang having a quiver of enchanted arrows something's going to go awry you know you're going to fall on one of them aren't you wait i've got confused now is cupid actually a baby with wings so i guess he's he he yeah his his common like image is the the sort of fat baby isn't it with the kind of nonsensically small wings <laughs> like you know he definitely he definitely wouldn't be able to to fly realistically it's magic mm. nothing makes much sense um i like that we've sort of pushed this upon olivia as as like seemingly that she's a cupid expert um <laughs> like olivia tell us your thoughts on cupid you've not prepped in any way for this and yeah. uh you must know the real answers because this is factual and is going out to real people well you've answered confidently so i believe you 
If there's anything That's I've the learned over the last years of my life is that if you answer confidently, then you probably are right. I just, I think maybe this is it. Maybe this is what we now look into. We just sort of delve deeply into some very small part of something that doesn't really matter or make any sense. And I wonder what he does recreationally, uh, you know, what sort of place he lives in, um, what his high school yearbook says about him, you know, all that sort of stuff. I mean, can we shed some light on what we think Cupid, Cupid's real life is like? What his downtime is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's figure out his, his physical appearance to begin with, right? So he, he looks like a little fat baby with wings. Um, yeah, and he only wears sort of little pants, doesn't he? So he must... Does he wear pants? No, he doesn't wear anything. I'm confused. He probably wears, yeah, like a pants or a nappy, depending yeah, on nappy, how old yeah. he is. He's got hair, right? No, babies don't have hair. Do babies have hair? I think he's got hair. I think he's got luscious golden locks. Oh, okay. I'm going to pull up some pictures of Cupid just so I can sort of have them for reference for, for right. myself and you. Oh, he does wear... Oh, sometimes he's a bit naked. Sometimes he's wearing a sort of wafty bit of muslin or something. He's got, yeah, he's got ginger curls, like blondie ginger curls. So he's got curly hot hair. He looks like a fat baby. He has got small wings. Nonsensically small. Okay, that's, that's, I've got, I've got visual on him. I've got him in my sights. I've got him in my sights. I think you'll find that he's got you in his sights because he is the one that can shoot. He's, he, in he, in theory, is, is immortal, presumably. Yes. So he's consistently stuck as a baby. Right. Apart from that really awkward time he got married and nobody understood how or why. Who did he get married to? Do we know this? I think just some goddess or some nymph. Some woman. <laughs> some bloody nymph. <laughs> it's always the nymph. Because he could really mayor. take his pick, couldn't he? Like, he could have any anyone. Unless he's one of those types, you know, like the, you know, the supremely rich, where they're just really suspicious of everyone and they're like, but do you really love me or did you actually just fall on one of my magic arrows? Yeah. But surely that's about him because if he was any good at shooting his magic arrows, he would definitely make sure they fall in love with him. So it's really a testament to his poor skill that they're maybe not in love with him. No, but it's against their will, right? So it's not, you know, he makes them love him, but they don't want to necessarily. It's just because of his, his drug-laced arrows. Yeah, it's not real. What if you get shot with one and then you fall in love with someone, but then you get shot again? Is it sort of like lightning? Like it rarely strikes the same place twice, so you don't have to worry about such things. Well, there's only one individual that's shooting these arrows, so I think it's all right. Has he got a training school? He collects other small babies and sort of (laughs) glues some wings on them and sends them off into the world. I think maybe he tried to do that. Let's imagine that that was one of the things he tried to do. Like He was like, I've had enough of doing this job. I need to outsource this. And so he just he just bought a bunch of babies. Wait. Bought, bought a bunch Wait. of babies. As we, as we say, it's a, uh, you know, it's a sort of like economy. It's you an know, economy, of, yeah. Of the items. He went to the god of babies. Is, which one's that? Is there a god of babies? Um, there's a god. So Afro, like Venus, Aphrodite, she is kind of like the goddess of like childhood, I guess, motherhood as well. Uh, so I, I, I just realized that basically Cupid is the rehypnol of mythology. But with long-term effects. Exactly, yes. And how does it stand up in court? You know, so say Cupid shot you and then... I don't think there is a court when it comes to the gods, otherwise it would be pretty busy. (laughs) 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 Like a lot of locals bringing lawsuits against them for all sorts of reasons. (laughs) Can you imagine? Well, I feel like God Chat has been a great pilot. Yeah, God Chat. Maybe we should just, you know, tackle one a, one a week and see how far we get. I kind of enjoy the freewheeling nature of this 
podcast episode. I liked the free willy nature of the introduction of this podcast, but I feel like we should. We should, I, do, I don't feel like we've we've hit upon a new uh, winning formula. So we're going to go for the really on the nose theme then of romance, considering this is the thirteenth of February. Shall I give you a suggestion? Yes. This suggestion came to me in a dream last night. <laughs> Ooh, saucy. Can you do some twinkly music when you say that? Okay, I'll do something there. Um, Is your phone ringing? Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I had a dream last night that um, I got married, um, but it wasn't in, like, the standard way. Ooh. I'll describe the dream, and then and then, and then then I'll tell you what the thing is, because it's quite interesting. Anthemus is now curious, because she's like, oh, you got married. So Anthemus was there. Don't worry, you're right. Um, <laughs> Phew, because and... I was sweating there. <laughs> and, she was just, I'm, I'm... In, just on the guest area, though, wasn't she? She wasn't the one. <gasps> she, was, she was the one in this, in this weird ceremony. And uh, so, like, we were walking down through this, like, I don't know where we were. It was a very large area. And there was lots of people walking around. And I bumped into my dad. I was like, hey, guess what? I'm getting married. And he was like, all right, I'll come with you. (laughs) (laughs) So we went to this place. And then there was a guy who looked creepily like, have you seen Dark? No. Okay. Well, like, the the priest character in that. Um, He's just, like, a creepy priest. He was very friendly and kind of funny, like, in in a Jack D kind of way. Is Jack D a comedian? I don't know. Anyway, whatever. (laughs) He, he was a kind of funny guy, like a bit of dry humour. And um, we got into this big room and then we sat down and we put our feet... You know when you go on holiday in like Greece or in Spain and they have the little pools of um, fish that nibble at your feet? Mm-hmm. It was like four of those all in a, in a square. What, four like, fish? No, four little pools for your feet. Okay. But there were, no fi- there were no fish in the pools. When you say four pools, so a foot in each pool... Uh, for the both of you, for the couple marrying. Well, no, because actually it was one big pool. Because actually, then what we had to do is the priest was Josh, like, "This story is changing." Is this like, just a paddling you know. pool? It was a, it was like a it was like a stone paddling pool, right? And we put, had to put our feet in. He was like, "All you got to put your toes all together." Right? So you know when you were at school, you played it, and you had to like figure out who was up, and you had to put your feet in. We had to basically do that, and then the priest was like doing something, and he was saying some words, and then he goes. Oh, and if I hadn't been so late, because the traffic on the way here was really, really bad, and it was just such a mess. And I, and I, and I, I was laughing a lot, but I was like, trying not to laugh because like it's not appropriate to laugh at a wedding, is it? Um, and I found it really. I just remember finding it really, really funny. So this it was my dream last night, and I and it made me think: Can we invent a new kind of um, marriage ceremony? Definitely, or at least some new traditions of some kind. I'm always really intrigued by American weddings and how they always have the uh, the rehearsal dinner. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a really novel thing, that they pretend to get married. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't count. This one doesn't count. Um, so I feel like something like that would be quite fun. Like, you do a practice run, but... Mm-hmm. But you kind of you preempt all the things that are going to go wrong and you let them go wrong in the practice dinner. So it's sort of they might like make things like they make the dress a little bit too long and they make the floor a little bit too slippery. And they sort of (laughs) put all of these obstacles in so that anything that you could get over in the first time definitely went before you on the real run. So this is just an extension of the sort of the practice walk up the aisle. This is actually a practice wedding. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I, I like the idea that you have like traditional slapstick elements to it. So like, oh, the, you, you've got to have a broom when the wedding because you have something old, something blue, something banana skin so you can slip up on that one. Or like someone has to have a ladder in the wedding, like the, the ceremonial ladder so they can like, they can walk down the aisle and say, what? And turn around and like hit someone with a ladder. Oh, what's that over there? <laughs> yeah. And then or the person officiating can do a bit of stand up like in your dream. 
Yes, 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 yes. I think there needs to be, what I'm going to say is in this new marriage ceremony, there needs to be some kind of um, comedy element. Yeah, I think there should be a game of find the safety pin. So somebody should wear a dress that's a bit too small and sit down and it splits open. And then all the rest of the guests have to rush around and find the safety pins that have been hidden around the church. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a bonding bonding experience for everybody. It's sort of like an Easter egg hunt, but with safety pins. Oh, following that, right. So if there's there's a female member in the the wedding um, ceremony... Then and, and and she's wearing like a massive dress. There are literally Easter eggs hidden in the dress. Uh, actually, no. Okay, anyone at the wedding can wear a massive dress if they like, and they can hide Easter eggs in it. And then you have to like quickly find the Easter eggs. What? <laughs> what if? What if everyone's wearing a giant dress, and underneath one of them is the ring, and you, yeah. as the groom, have got to locate the ring somehow? Yeah. You have a time limit. That's yes. great. And if you don't do it, you can't get married. No. And that's it. And you have to, you have to break up. Okay, what about wall of hats? So all of the older women <laughs> sit in a line wearing the biggest hats they can find. And uh-huh. somebody has to take the perfect shot of the bride and groom through all the hats. <laughs> Wait, sorry. When you say shot, are we thinking, like, thinking of a picture or are we actually like, shooting at them? Like a like photo. Okay. Because, you know, the, the big hats always block out the views. But there's a whole wall of them this time. Okay. They're also going to really throw Cupid trying to aim, you know. Yes. His arrow at that point. <laughs> Better be in love before that, otherwise they're stuffed. Can we add some kind of competition element? What about catch the bouquet, but there's a whole obstacle course and like a river in between you? It's a bit like Total Wipeout, that show that used to be. Like you have to, you know, cross the big red balls. Yeah, like Tiki- and, Tikishi's Castle. <laughs> and yeah. still catch the bouquet. There's maybe hanging over a fire and you have to, on a zip wire, kind of like roll forwards and grab it before you get burnt. <laughs> Or get your own back and there's some gunge. There's, there's got to be <laughs> yes, gunge. Anyway, no wedding is complete without gunge, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Okay, but now because now what we're saying is, because you know, there's, there's the best man. And this is, this is an old joke, but people always say like, oh, if I'm the best man, why am I not marrying her? I think this is the thing is you need to prove <laughs> that you're the best man by doing some kind of challenge. Uh, and so like, it's, it's like the best man wins. It could be anyone, like whoever turns up at the wedding. They just have to, you know, it's like a, there's the like best. a whole judging panel. But the criteria has to be fitted around the groom. No, it has to be fitted, fitted around whoever the groom is marrying. So is it the best man in the bride's eyes? Or the Yes, exactly. So she sets mm. the criteria and then they all have to compete to be the best man for the job. <laughs> exactly, yes, yes. But what if this then, you know, maybe the best man will excel to such an extent that the bride actually changes her mind about who she's marrying? That's, that's, that's exactly, that's entirely a possibility. So it's just like a, a reality TV show <laughs> panel thing where you have to fight for the woman. It doesn't say how to fight. It might be that you have to do some, like, paint a picture. It might be that, oh, you've got to paint the best portrait. I think this wedding has just got terrible. Like. Also, it's also kind of become like a version of the Highland Games in my mind, like toss the caber, like maybe <laughs> yes. toss the bride, like all the men have to pick up the bride and try and throw her as far as they can, and the furthest wins. It's like a trust game, because you know, you know when you say, oh, I wouldn't trust them as far as I can throw them? But it's like, well, actually, I threw the bride 20 feet, and that means I really trust her a lot. So. <laughs> I mean, she hasn't got any, any limbs still intact, but <laughs> she, she really can trust herself. me. But the, our, our love is as strong as my arms. Um, and then would these take place in conventional churches or... Oh, no. Yeah, throw, it, throw it open. Let me be clear. This, this has no boundaries whatsoever. You can marry whoever, whoever you want, however many people you want, wherever you want, and whenever you want. This, is, this, this ceremony is open to everyone at any time. Wow. This is like the DFS <laughs> of ceremonies. <Yeah. laughs> yes, Always on exactly. sale. Yes. <laughs> 
Okay, I mean, I think I'm busy that day, but uh, you guys crack on. All right. Does sound exhausting. I mean, why wouldn't you get married in space if that was on the cards? Well, I think that's the thing is that is that the possibilities are so endless that it does become exhausting and that's why you end up settling just just okay this, i can't i can't get married anymore i've got married so much i just can't do anymore <laughs> i have marriage fatigue yes <laughs> that's when cupid comes in and throws his little arrows into the mix and makes it all a bit trickier mm-hmm. um well josh have we solved that problem that wasn't a problem it wasn't a problem but i think we've made it we've, we've, we've made some new problems which is i guess the new goal of this podcast i think the the real test of, of of your solutions will be when marriage is included in the olympics oh my goodness i mean sometimes marriage does feel like an olympic you know ceremony or an olympic goal i hope you get a medal at the end you will the medal <laughs> of love <laughs> Olivia? Yes. Would you like a story or a scenario? Story. Yes. Okay, so for this podcast episode, I did research the story of St. Valentine, Mm. just because there's a lot of misnomers when it comes to where Valentine's Day comes Mm -hmm. from. So I found out that Valentine, St. Valentine, although formerly just Valentine, obviously, was a Christian citizen in the time of the Romans. He was actually a citizen under the Emperor Claudius the Cruel, which gives you an idea about him. And at that time, Claudius really, really wanted to go to war, fight loads of wars, get all the glory. But he found his soldiers quite recalcitrant. They wouldn't really go along with his ideas for sort of endless war. Um, And they were much too attached, far too attached to their girlfriends, wives and families. So Claudius decided a simple, clean solution would be to outlaw marriage. Not even of the elaborate kind that Josh envisages. (laughs) Valentine, obviously being Valentine, was quite upset by this. So he decided to continue on allowing secret marriages to take place so he would like officiate and marry christian couples in secret this was found out claudius the cruel was outraged angry um he arranged to throw valentine into jail and so the story goes in jail he befriends the daughter of his jailer and when it's announced that he is in fact to be put to death he leaves her a little farewell note that says from your valentine so this is where the idea of valentine's notes cards letters originates and then he is put to death he is decapitated it's very precise about that point Mm. but thereafter he becomes the sort of uh, patron saint of lovers romance um and he also becomes a patron saint of epilepsy little known i didn't know that epilepsy had a patron saint but i suppose that's yeah yeah thanks that was quite brutal but i mean i guess we expect it to be brutal because they're all brutal, aren't they? He wasn't Claudius the kind. He wasn't Claudius no. the... I'm going to give you some champagne and chocolates. I wish you well. I wish you well. What happened to but... Valentine's bird? Valentine's bird? Yeah, the one that got the note. Oh, I see. I thought you meant an actual bird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his well-known pet bird. <laughs> his uh, pet parakeet, I forgot to mention. <laughs> uh, nobody knows. She was just probably invented as a convenient accessory to the story. Mm. The criteria for being a saint isn't very much is it you just have to sort of be in the right time at the right place you have to be really good really religious or you have to perform a miracle i think i think those are the sort of qualifying criteria but now i mean obviously the stakes get higher with the more that's achieved in the world who's the most recent saint the most recent saint probably a former pope i'd imagine oh that's cheating yeah i do have somebody there's a local business owner here who during lockdown fired a samosa into space (laughs) that was quite (laughs) He owned like a, a, 
a takeaway and um, he managed to fire a Samosa into space. I think inspired by Elon Musk's SpaceX. Um, and then that made the local news. And then it came and actually crash landed down in France. Whoa. Can you imagine of a day just like strolling on the beach of Normandy and like the Samosa just comes firing out of the atmosphere? But someone's um, did it land corner down? Like a, a throwing Ooh, good question. star? Was it cooked by, as it re-entered the atmosphere? Oh, it must have been, yeah. You'd probably fire a frozen one, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, it comes back cooked. <laughs> what did they fire it with? I don't know. Like I'm so technology. intrigued. This is the best story I've heard for weeks. <laughs> yeah, sorry. The first story you told was interesting, but the second story is more interesting. <laughs> oh, my. Wow, that guy deserves What a claim to, to fame. Deserves to be a saint. Because I think, you know, back in the day, being a saint was probably just akin to getting in the like, Guinness kind of world book of re- record book of worlds, world book of records. Whereas now you just probably get into the Guinness book of records or get like a pat from the queen or whatever. It makes me think of, do you remember that time, Olivia, when we were in Goa and we uh, stumbled upon that weird church and, and it had a, a sound and light show? Yeah, it was quite like the film Romeo and Juliet by Baz Luhrmann, a very stylized, colourful Christian setting. It was sort of like, look at this tapestry. And then there were just loads of disco lights on it or whatever but it told the story of a saint i don't know which saint it was but he lost his faith and threw his bible from a boat and then a crab returned it to him <laughs> obviously you'd remember the story with a crab being involved Did you say- obviously that detail i'm, g- would I'm not- gonna look it up real quick um saint <laughs> crab bible return let's see what it comes up with Maybe the crab was just being diligent. Lucky was like, don't litter in the ocean, please. Does the Bible say you can eat crab? No. <laughs> oh, it's St. Francis. St. Francis, the okay. crab and the crucifix. I'm just looking at catholicsablaze.com. Catholics ablaze. That, that's quite like the Reformation, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, would you like me to tell you the story of St. Francis' saviour? Go on then. Sure. One day, Francis was sailing to an island, a storm began raging, and a possible shipwreck loomed. Francis Xavier prayed for the ship's safety at the request of those on board. Francis took the crucifix he wore on his neck and held it up high. Suddenly, the storm subsided. Then, the crucifix fell out of Francis's hands. The crucifix landed in the middle of the sea. The next day, Francis arrived at his destination. The same got off the ship and walked on the seashore. A large crab leaped out of the sea... The crab held Francis's crucifix that had fallen into the sea. The crab placed the crucifix <laughs> in Francis's hands and jumped back into the sea. Crabs don't even jump. They don't jump. I wish he did salute that him. That is though. service. I would love to see the, the crab salute him with his claw. And now I'm just reading the responses. <laughs> so, so, I give this story three stars. Could have been nicer to the crab. So Louise says, God works in mysterious ways. He is all around us. The story was nice. Even in a storm, there is hope. And then Joseph says, great miracle story. Really enjoyed the crab part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's the only bit that's good. Otherwise, it's just a guy dropped his cross in the water. Oh my, that was wonderful. I hope you guys enjoyed the crab and the crucifix. Thank Stay you. tuned for another... <laughs> Religious offering. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait to hear the lobster in the Bible. I feel like they must have an agenda at the beginning of the day. They're like, these are all the jobs that need to doing. We need to give Francis back his crucifix. Oh, Jesus is busy. Send the crab again. (laughs) Send the crab. I love the crab. I think the crab, I mean, the crab's not really appreciated enough. I mean, you guys all know that I really enjoy crabs as a creature. Yes. Um, But I just think, like, he didn't get a sainthood. To be honest, St. Francis didn't really do very much apart from lose his stuff. And he got to be a saint. Crab jumps, which isn't even a crab activity. 
Yeah, it was really the unsung crab in that story. Yeah. So I think, I, I propose we have a date on a St. Crab the Crucifix and... Uh, and then what would your tradition be? Would we just go around returning lost items to people? I think crabs are a bit like a pinch and a punch for the first of the month. Crabs are just allowed to go around and pinch people. <laughs> they can either pinch you or pinch your things. I am, I am not up for this tradition. <laughs> have you ever been Don't pinched be- by a crab? Yes, I had a pet crab. I know you have probably, but, but Olivia, have you? I don't think so. I, I think when we did crab racing before with your crabs, they were quite well behaved. I've never been pinched <laughs> by one. Oh, crabs. I was wondering if there's any saints which are not human. There must be a dog. I'm going to have a look at what the best saint is. Who was the best saint? The saint of saints. Or we could have who, who, what are some cool saints? I like all saints. <laughs> <laughs> We've kind of got ourselves into a whole different party here. A whole different ballgame. We've gone back into yeah. into God's cast again territory. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I just I really like that there's so many niche saints and so I'm just looking at this list of saints. There's one that is the saint of playing card manufacturers. Um, oh, really? Saint Balthazar. Okay. Uh, yeah. So he's the patron saint of playing card manufacturers. Saint Bernardino of Siena, patron saint yep. of Advertising and public relations. Um, <laughs> that's, such... that's when things with Cupid get out of hand. He has to come and wipe up Cupid's mess. <laughs> Tidy up. Um, Sent Columb- Columbanus, uh, patron saint of motorcycles. And my personal favourite, Sent Drogo, the patron saint of unattractive people. Also the patron saint of coffee houses. Wow. That's true. If you put unattractive people in a coffee house, they're immediately more attractive by default. Yeah. Okay, oh, wow. so to so round off this section, which is which has really got lost a bit, but I think I want to just do this. Okay, <laughs> here's I'm going to give you the patron saint. You have to guess what is a patron saint for. You get one guess each. It's a lightning round. Uh, okay, Anthony the Abbot. Uh, abacuses. Um, mead. No nope. pig keepers. Oh, damn. Gabriel the Archangel. Uh, everything. Pretty, uh, dragons and people. Isn't he patron saint of um, immaculate? Um, conception. It might be. I've just found that he's a patron saint of radio workers and radiologists. Oh, those are different things. Uh, last round. Bernard of Menthon. Toothpaste? Yeah, I was thinking mints, like Murray mints. Uh, no, patron saint of skiers. Oh. Oh. I just love that so many. Um, I, I found one for you, Josh, for your scenario. Uh-huh. Saint Gummerus, uh, the patron saint of difficult marriages that will happen <laughs> as a result of yours. <laughs> Wow, and Saint Christopher's the patron saint of surfers. There's just there's just so many. There are just so I many. Love this. Right, we need to we need to, we need to cut this off. That was a good one. That was a, that was a fun segment. Yeah, um, that was good. Uh, I think we should every day celebrate a different patron saint. You should become a Catholic, Laura. I think you'd enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> I think I would. I've just found the patron saint of murderers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, apparently, oh, apparently we are number 165 in the category fiction in Apple Podcasts. That's pretty good. 165 in, in what category in fiction? In the category of fiction. On what? In uh, Apple Podcasts. No. Can you 165 stories are better than ours. 164 are better than ours. Oh my goodness. We're basically famous. We're climbing the ranks. So yeah, this was, a, this was, a, this was an interesting episode. Thank you for listening. Uh and uh yeah if you enjoyed this one 
feel free to share it with your friends or maybe just share another episode which is a bit more normal than this one yeah this is kind of for like our true followers like people that sort of are like us enough to humor us when we do something odd like this um exactly if we if we cared enough to have a patreon page this would be on the patreon page but we don't yeah or a patreon saint page (laughs) saint patreon um josh and liv just one quick one um if you were to replicate the sound of cupid's bow being pulled back and the arrow being fired what sound effect would you uh give to that so i think when you're pulling the string back it would be like and then when it fires it would be like and then it would like hit its target and it would be like oh yours is a lot more fire than mine so mine would be like and then when it hits it would be like (laughs) (laughs) excellent excellent uh thank you guys that's enough nonsense for one episode Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a lovely uh, Valentine's Galentine's uh, day. And I'm sure this will be posted after. shortly after. <laughs> so we can reminisce about the time when we were all in love yes. with a crab. Oh, love you all. You. Lots of love. Bye. Goodbye. Que eu não me insistisse Pois você tava amarrada num tal de tomei